Welcome to the On The Edge Podcast with your host, Scott Groves. All right, man. It's Scott Groves on the Edge Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are filming this in early 2023. I am with my friend of a, about a year and a half now, uh, Mike. And I don't even know, is your last name pronounced Lady? Lottie? Yep. Lady. It's yep. Lady. So yep. Mike Lady. Yep. You're a really like manly man to have the last <laughs> name Lady. So Mike and I met at uh, Jiu-Jitsu Hey, shout out, man. Just recently got his brown belt, which Thank is like you. a really big deal on the 10th Planet Network. Uh, competed in ADCC last year. Trials. Uh, trials. trials. Sorry. Yeah. Competed in ADCC <laughs> trials. Did did really well. Ended up losing, I think, to the guy that like went all the way, right? He, he um, so Elder Cruz, he ended up making it to the big show uh-huh. uh, as uh, on an invite. So he... Um, just, just by the way, like your mics sound really great. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, was cool. like, I was like, I was like shocked by like how, yeah, the quality. Of it. But anyways, yeah, Elder Cruz, he um, he got like third on the West Coast trials and like second in the East Coast. So like ADCC, like half of the spots are like an invite, and then the um, the other half are like the people who like place at the trials. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it's it, it was interesting to like and like fulfilling for me to see like okay that's how far i can take it and like that's the quality of opponent that i'm i can like actually do well against like, yeah I, I only lost by like three points against him yeah so he didn't, he didn't tap you out you just lost no. by points and yeah you got, got a bit of an advantage there yeah and i was like oh okay like i, I see what the top feels like and yeah it's like it's not intimidating to me it's like it's not it's just a little bit extra forward or a little bit more to go um so yeah, it, it was very uh, like that was like I don't know a peak moment in my life. Nice because man. it because I I had been aiming it for it for like a year and a half or so or like may, uh, up to two years where the, basically since the previous ADCC, um, ADCC twenty nineteen, uh, John Thor Blank he was like ele- an electrician full time and trained at night at a uh, tenth planet Bethlehem and he like made it to like fourth in eighty like the actual ADCC. So I was like, okay, this guy with a nine to five, like made it like, why, why not me? Right. So, right. So yeah. explain for people like, you know, we, sure. we, ha- we have with seven, no seven, yeah. list, seven <laughs> listeners, yeah. uh, we, you know, we have seven listeners who right. don't do jujitsu, right. explain to them what ADCC is and, yeah. and why that matters. Sure. Uh, ADCC is like the uh, quote unquote Olympics of like submission grappling. Um, it only happens every two years. So there's like, you, you basically have to win your way into it. Um, and there's trials uh, on every continent, and it, I, I think that's it's like a proper world championship in that way. Yeah, it's not, it's not just a, a championship like IBJF is like another um, jujitsu federation, and they just are like, oh yeah, the world championships held in Los Angeles, <laughs> and right. like, there's there's no like it's very hard to have representation, but from every, every corner of the planet. So uh, ADCC is like. Um, the the biggest like show in grappling. They they had like twelve thousand people out here in Vegas, um, sold out Thompson Mack Center. Um, so it was like a, it, it's it's probably the biggest deal in terms of like championships in uh, 
nogi grappling. And it's interesting you say grappling because it's not just jujitsu. Like some yep. of the guys that have made a really good showing are ex wrestlers, maybe former MMA fighting who fighters who knows them jujitsu. So could you explain for people that maybe have never heard this before or never listened to our podcast or Joe Rogan's podcast sure. or Jocko's podcast or any of these other people yeah. that do jujitsu, uh, which a lot of people are in love with now? Can right. you explain to them like there's jujitsu, there's grappling, there's MMA, there's ADCC? Like it's kind of confusing for somebody yeah. who's not into the sport. And by the way, you're the per perfect person to explain this because your podcast humans of grappling everybody yeah. should check that out if you're into combat sports this, this is what you do this way yeah. well no what you do is you do it <laughs> yeah but this is what you're passionate about you're, exactly you're like me your wife's like dude right. not another not another podcast <laughs> exactly. come on man exactly. so yeah explain the whole kind of like under the umbrella of combat sports why is adcc the olympics of grappling quote unquote sure yeah so like grappling so think of like a venn diagram i know this is like going back to like school for some people is like it, it's it's a like it contains all of like the non-striking arts. So like you, it, what you see on UFC and like that's MMA, like mixed martial arts. So that's like striking, kickboxing, uh, and there's wrestling and and jujitsu in there too. But like they start standing on the feet and they're trying to punch and kick each other. So grappling is no punching and kicking. Um, so then from there, it's like we there's different rule sets for not punching and kicking. So right. that's like there, there's, there's different uh, legal submissions and um, legal positions and things like that. So there's like, there's jujitsu, like there's like gi jujitsu where you can like grab their clothes, like the, yeah, you wear uh, the big old the, school kimono. Yeah, exactly. You can grab their, their belt and like choke them with their, with their clothes. Um, I did that for, I started that um, like the first six years of my career at, in jujitsu. I never thought I would do no gi. Like I was like a very gi like purist. I was like, sorry, yeah, sorry, no. <laughs> um, yeah. And there are these gi purists yeah, who it's like right. that's how I started. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want to do. There's exactly. the there's the tradition. There's the belt. Right. There's the, all the stuff. Exactly. And then of course there's nothing more embarrassing or more fulfilling than choking somebody out with their own clothes. Exactly. So that's yeah. kind of awkward. So you yeah. did that for six years. I did that. Uh, yeah, uh, started that, and that was like my first experience with jujitsu and then before that i wrestled in high school so wrestling is like the the other major grappling it's people view it as a sport in america but it's like a martial art it's a way yeah. to like defend yourself it's a way of like controlling another human being against their will um and then there's judo which is like the japanese martial art of like throwing people um or throwing uh, using the earth to throw people into it or whatever the quote is is like um I don't know, you, using the ground, getting people to the ground, and then you can control them there. So, um, yeah, so there's, like, different grappling arts, and all, like, kind of the point of ADCC was to be the, quote-unquote, UFC of, like, grappling. Is like, people came in with their specific grappling style. So they would have, like, um, Sambo people, which is, like, the Russian uh, grappling art, and, like uh u.s freestyle people and like jujitsu people eventually jujitsu kind of won out and that is now like the standard but um and that so wasn't a foregone conclusion yeah, right because right, like when yeah. adc started 
um, kind of a crazy story to do yeah. from USC. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know that whole background and you want to tell that story. Um, but when it started, it was like, he was really thinking kind of like the UFC was, let's bring together wrestlers and judo people and jujitsu people and see what mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. And it just has happened over the last two decades. Jujitsu has dominated in a big way. Right. Exactly. Um, ha- have you heard the story about the guy who founded ADCC? No. no. So uh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Combat Club. Yeah. Um, it was a guy, I can't remember, I believe he was going to school at USC but living oh, in San yeah. Diego at a okay. certain point mm-hmm. and he was just got into jujitsu and everybody knew him. I'm going to butcher the story, but you'll get the sure. concept. Yeah. Everybody knew him as like Frank and Frank uh-huh. would just come in and like yeah. do jujitsu and whatnot. And then it turns out it was some like Abu Dhabi Sheik's kid yep. who was wealthier than anybody had any idea. Yeah. And uh, he just wanted to like come to America and be Frank and know mm-hmm. what it was like to be a normal dude. And he fell in love with jujitsu. And so he goes back and tells his dad, he's like, Hey, I need, you know, X million dollars to host this event. We're going to invite all these grapplers out here and we're going to put on this showcase of fighting effectively for our own entertainment. Right. And then exactly. it started this whole this whole launch and I believe it's still financed now by that same Sheik, which yeah. is like blows my mind. I mean, this is like something out of the movies. No, the Yeah, there's some crazy Sheik stories of like um, where I think that's potentially that same guy. I'm not totally sure. Um, bought a building in New York City for Marcelo Garcia to run his academy out of so it's like because new york city so expensive and marcelo garcia is like oh i whatever i can't find any affordable places sheik's like oh no problem just buy your building (laughs) right yeah i need more sheiks as friends (laughs) exactly i think that's what i've decided right and i think um which i'm call it uh henzo gracie similar story is like I, I think that that building is also owned by a sheik. So it's like, yeah, That's that, cool. that, that oil money is just like, is endless, right? Like yeah. you're, you're sitting on like, it's interesting when people say like, Oh, uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or whoever is the richest person in the world. No, these guys who have, who are sitting on trillions of dollars of oil that isn't going to run out for a hundred years. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're the richest, like, that we we can't count their money, right? Like right, that, right. That, that's a, that that that's the most ridiculous. Like that that's a, a crazy thing to like consider. Yeah. Uh, so so you did was, six years in the gi, and yeah. then what was the what was the change? Uh, coming out here to Las Vegas. Actually. Okay. So so where are you born and raised? Born and then? raised. Sure. Yeah. So born and raised. Um. Well, not California generally. Um. Uh, Pleasant California is where I grew up in. Um. And I started yeah in the gi there at Gorilla Jiu Jitsu. And then um, shout out to Gorilla, shout, shout out to Dave Camarillo. Like I, I was big into arm bars. Um, he's like an old school um, jujitsu and judo guy. Like he nice. start, <clears throat> he um, grew up doing judo, and um, he was pretty uh, pretty competitive judoka. And he discovered jujitsu and like whatever. It, it, people on both like from bo- both sports were uh, afraid of his opposite tech, his opposite like skills, right? Like right. jujitsu people were afraid of his throws and, um, uh, judo judokas were afraid of his arm bars. So like that, that was a kind of a perfect, like traditional place to kind of start at. And I feel like I have a great sense of fundamentals from there. And then coming out to Las Vegas, coming out to 10th planet, um, I was like, let me try something completely different. And, adding like the crazy 10th planet shit onto the fundamentals that was like a great base to like kind of really let my game kind of like just fly of just like just okay let's just add 
all the crazy nogi stuff that's going on right now. And how long, you know, for people that don't know, when you when you get out of the gi, right. you take off that traditional kimono. Yeah. You're basically just in like wrestling, you know, spandex. Yeah. Um, how long ago did you switch over to that? Uh, like five years ago. So five I came, years ago. yeah, came out to Vegas, uh, twenty. 18 January 2018 I think so got yeah, it just in like five, five years yeah so you yeah. got six years in the gi five years no gi a couple of years of wrestling in high school I like, think I think maybe like one like I've only been I, so I've been training like 10 and a half years so I okay. think there was like a whatever maybe I like miscounted there small or gap or something yeah yeah what, what, whatever. T- whatever 10 years 11 yeah, years is all the same like stuff it. it's yeah. a lot of time yeah um and then a little bit of wrestling background in high school right. yeah. and that you know I, I I'm interested when you talk about competing with elder Cruz who got the invite to the big show and, and did okay. Yeah. Um, when you talk about being on the mat with those top competitors, do you feel like there's just a strength difference? There's a slight skill advantage. You got a little bit unlucky. Like what's the, what's the, the is it, is it a grand Canyon chasm between no, you and the that, best that's, guys? That's or is the it weird, like, yeah. That's that. That's the weirdest thing is like, I am not impressed by that. It's like, okay. it, it's just like a, it's just a little bit like, like there's definitely like a level difference because he like gamed the, like the so for ADCC what's special about the rule set is that the first half is no points the first half of the time period of like six minutes so the first three minutes are no points second three minutes are the points are like you can score points so you can do whatever you want in the first three minutes and like you can put yourself in terrible positions and they won't score points on it um so we were just kind of like pushing each other around like wrestling for the first three minutes and then um like as soon as the the whatever this the points period started uh he like somehow he took me down didn't get points for the takedown because i know the adcc rules another portion is like how you negate the rules um by going to a certain like turtle position um but then, yeah, he was able to, like, take my back, and that that's how we scored the three points. Interesting. So, so it's um, a little bit of gamesmanship, and I think if I, like, actually just pulled guard in that first period, um, I would be able to get to where I wanted to be. Yeah. D- deep half guard is, like, my my thing. Um, I, I'm convinced that I can deep half basically anybody. Like, I, I, until proven otherwise, I feel <laughs> like I can get to – if I can get to deep half, I can, like, sweep you. So – um yeah that that that's i don't know there there comes like a little like um if if you've seen if you feel the level and it's like not all that like much more it's like oh that this is actually doable yeah you didn't feel totally owned yeah exactly and for context like where are you walking around height weight like what weight did you compete in at adcc uh competed at to the minus 99 so that's 217 217 pounds yeah yeah Bro, you're like what, like five eight, five nine, five ten on a good day. I don't know, bro. I'm five ten. I think I got an inch or two hard. You, you got to stand up real tall, bro. All right, I, I'm gonna call five eight, five nine. I'll give okay. you five nine, five, five nine, okay. uh, five nine, two seventeen. So yeah. like you were in there with the fucking beasts, the big boys. Yeah, there and there's well, there's that's the interesting thing with grappling is like there's all kinds of different body types. So. Yeah. Um, there's like long and lean lanky guys. Um, and then there's like short stocky guys, like yeah. who are balls of muscle. Yeah. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I'm not like 
super tall. I'm not like super short either. Right. I hate oh. dudes. Like I really hate dudes your size. Like uh-huh. like tree trunks for legs. Yeah. Shorter, stockier. Strong. Yeah. I fucking hate that. Like I feel when they have longer limbs, there's a little bit more to manipulate. Like my favorite thing is to get like double unders and then go to like you know just roll them over, go to a north south or something like that. Sure. And yeah. I feel like when they're longer. Um, I can control them a little bit more, but when mm. people are stout and more barrel chest, yeah. like most of my game of like laying on top of them is negated because they can kind of just like find a yeah. way to roll themselves it, over. It's that, really yeah. annoying. But if yeah. somebody's long and lean and flat, mm-hmm. I feel like I can keep them flattened out. So I hate I hate rolling against people in your body build. Right. Um, so I, I love that the skill, like you didn't feel the skill difference was like you didn't get owned yeah, uh, in yeah, those it, matches. There, like he was like, don't get me wrong. Like he made the big show. Like he got third at that. Like he's very skillful. And I'm, yeah, but he's clearly like on that day that whatever, uh, three points better than me. Yeah. Um, yeah, not taking away from anything yeah, he's yeah, accomplished. Yeah, exactly. But, it, but but it's not like you felt like uh, you were playing basketball against Kobe Bryant or something. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that that's that's the strangest thing. Like I I aimed for this like crazy like cuz like the ADCC trials is the equivalent of the the Olympic trials of like right. for for submission grappling. So I'm like who who am I to like think that I can go and do that and do well at that? Like and plan for that whatever, a year and a half out of like, hey, I'm going to shoot for this goal and just try to like, whatever, try to make it and make it to the round of 16 um, when it started. So for the uh, the trials, the brackets, uh, my bracket wasn't like all the way filled up, but like other like smaller brackets, um, like uh, Coach Andy Varela, his bracket was like 256 people in it. Yeah. Like just eight, you have to win eight matches to get first. Um, mine was like, I think one less than that. I, I think it was like seven total matches to get first. Um, so it was like a hundred something people in right. the bracket. Um, so it was like, it was grueling. <laughs> the, like, the, so did you win your first I, two matches? I, I won my first three. So won your first three matches. Yeah, for, uh, and you were like a nobody. You were a no, yeah, no, yeah, no seed. Just they're yeah, exactly. like, oh, Mike, Mike Lady, fill, yeah. fill him in <laughs> seed 167 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I beat the 15th seed guy, which I, he, he was a brown belt and he, he was, he was like super athletic, super like, I, I can tell like this guy like deserved to be seated. Or whatever, but I just have a very defensive game, and I'm huh. very, very. Def- um, I think that's why I pride myself on is like being very defensively sound. I can basically uh, escape out of anything. Huh. I, I, I'd like to think I'm a, some something like an escape artist, but not like choking wise. Like right, like you said, short stocky. I can just like whatever pull my shoulders up to cover my um, carotids, and like I can escape out of a lot of different chokes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so like that that came in helpful, uh, came in useful for um, that particular guy, and then yeah, beat a couple other guys, and um, yeah, managed the second day for like yeah the Elder Cruz match. I was also not not to make ex- excuses or whatever. I got sick that previous night, so like after like three matches and whatever a long day, I uh, the. <clears throat> what the doctors said was I had hand, foot, and mouth disease. Oh, so like some, something you get from like as as a kid, or you should get as a kid, right? But like somebody brought it along with them, who I may or may not may or may not have uh, competed against, and I was like I had uh, a fever, chills, sweating, like just 
I just oh. felt like garbage the whole night and just didn't sleep or slept okay enough. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I, I really don't feel good. Like, what's, how am I going to feel in the morning? All right, just whatever. Take it. I was just taking it hour by hour at that point. And then in the morning, I, like, warmed up. And I was like, okay, all right, maybe I can, like, feel good enough just for this match. Um and then I like I text my training partner Mike Mike Zaki. Have you 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 rolled it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, um, hey man, I'm sick. <laughs> like I yeah. don't know if you want to like roll uh, whatever warm me up or uh, whatever. But he was like super down. He was like, dude, like <laughs> you're whatever. Th- this is trials. Like fuck it. Like warm uh, warm up with me. Like doesn't matter. So I get there. I feel good enough to go. And then yeah, have the match with the older crews. So. It's there's like, yeah, there's a saying where it's like, you have to be able to win on your worst day. Yeah. And that, that was like, like very true then. That was your worst day. (laughs) That was like, yeah. And and like other shit happened earlier that week and just, yeah, it was like, yeah, just a storm for whatever reason, like just any like major thing that goes on in your life, like just a storm of like things kind of like are circling around it, but maybe but but if you like hang out in the eye of the storm, like you just kind of you can kind of ignore all those other things, and you just have to like be able to do what you've trained to do for whatever. For me, at that point, it was like ten years. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I'm uh, I'm trying to teach this lesson right now to my twenty year old. He he lives in New York, uh, close to his mom, living with his mom right now, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, man, this this is just adulthood. Yeah it, yeah, it sucks. Like like it gets piled on when you're like, oh, challenges with the girlfriend. And your car gets sideswiped, yep. and you happen to only have this level of insurance, and mm-hmm. you're in between classes, and yeah. you just took a new job. It's like that's yeah. just life, man. Yeah. You you got to be ready to show up, not just for sports, but for life on like your worst day. Sure, job still has to get done. Yeah, exactly. um, So I know, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned the rule set for ADCC because uh, one of our coaches, Andy Varela, had an amazing showing at the West Coast Trials, got all the way to second, and then um, actually got the invite to the big show. Yeah, and. Uh, anybody who's not a jujitsu practitioner, if they watch that last match of Andy Varela versus, I can't remember who it was at the trials, they're like, oh, he beat that guy's ass. Right. <laughs> but but because yeah. the guy was very strategic and kudos yeah. to him, uh-huh. scored like a weird two-point conversion in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. Like he lost the match. But it's like anybody from the outside watching, he's like, oh, he manhandled that dude. Right. Exactly. Um, and it, it is kind of crazy. I, I've really fallen in love. And, and Gordon Ryan, who's the best in the sport, and anybody who knows anything about combat sports knows who Gordon Ryan is. I like that he's popularized the submission only mm-hmm. because for me, I'm like, yeah, okay, if you're you and and you can get out of all kinds of weird positions, I like the game of attrition where you're like, dude, you might have me in a bad spot for 20 minutes, but eventually you're going to burn out and I'm going to choke you to death. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of more like what a real fight is. Sure. Um, what What is your favorite rule set? Is it the Eddie Bravo Invitational stuff? Is it the ADCC? Is it no submission? Do you just like training sure. and like the competitions are just a way to prove yourself? Like, yeah, what do you, yeah. what's your favorite part? Yeah. Um, I like, I, I guess I ebb and flow between like, I, I think ADCC, I'm, my game is like built per, for that. Like, I, I did not train to like whatever. I, my, my like, uh, weapon of choice is deep half like i can get out of basically anything with deep half and that like for 
people who don't know what that is, it's it's a way to get underneath your opponent and then sweep and you get on top and they're in a bad position and I can attack from there. So I can get to there from basically any bad defensive position. So if I if there's a very small whatever, it's very hard for me to be in danger, then like what what do I have to fear, right? Right. So for ADCC, like it's very hard to score. So like that game kind of aligns well with that. Um, I didn't plan on that or anything like that. Right. Um, but um, it's like it's, accidentally it's, being a left-handed pitcher, right? Exactly. Like, exactly, like left-handed yeah, pitchers right. are, are a gold mine because they just have a little bit different angle that works well for the game. And then, and then uh, they can get paid a million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. A yeah, <laughs> hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah. And, and that, that's the, that's the interesting thing is like, I, I I like the problem solving aspect of it. I think that's what aligns with my like software development skills is like I, I stare at code all day, like nine to five. I'm I'm just like, okay, I'm I I look at code and I'm like, okay, why isn't this working or why is this working? And I I and it's just a matter of it's it's like it's like pattern recognition, but it's also like trying to it's very like detail oriented where it's like, okay, one character could be off and it could like fuck the whole thing up. Right. Um, <clears throat> so same thing with like technique, like one little like foot positioning could be off and that could like mess your whole, whatever you, you could lose like the, the biggest match of your life in, in trials or whatever because of one little like scoring thing or whatever. Right. I, so I like, I like the game of like, it's a, it's a knowledge based game. So where it's like, if you know more and it's knowledge and skills, I think Gordon Ryan makes this distinction where it's like, you have the knowledge of the technique and the rule set and the strategy and all that kind of stuff. But the skills to like go and implement it, like it's not enough to just watch all of Gordon Ryan's instructionals and never train jujitsu at all. Right. Like you have to be able to apply it too. Yeah. Right. I know how to dunk a basketball. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the skills to dunk a basketball. Like I right. get the approach. Yeah. I get the angle. I know you have to jump. Right. I know you have to get your hand over the rim. Yeah. I, and I also can't do that because I don't have the skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Let's talk about that real sure. quick because right. you know, if people are listening they're like, Oh, he, he was trying for like the Olympic trials version of jujitsu. Like, I wonder if he does that full time. Like right. you get a full time, like 50, 60 hour, uh, hour a week job yeah. as a software software engineer sure and when you walked in i asked you i'm like because I, I didn't know what you did for a living i was like oh are, are you a super nerd yeah and you're like right. well yeah kind yeah, of kind i'm like of a supervisor ish. of super nerds right? yeah. um, so <laughs> so like what what is uh, i'm i'm an ignorant moron right like i turned on a commodore 64 once and i couldn't figure out how to do like sure. you know forward slash whatever just uh -huh. to cue right. uh the oregon trail game yeah so what what does a software engineer or software software developer do yeah. So yeah, software developer, software engineer, people use these terms programmer. They're all the same thing. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I thought you were going to give me some dissertation uh, on how I mean, they're all wildly different. No, no, it's just, they, they should be different, but right. I, I don't use the term engineer because I feel like, um, real engineers, like civil engineers have like real consequences and like right. are licensed and like, you, you know, I, I, I do some, like some crazy shit that like shouldn't work and, Somehow, somehow it works and like my my process is like much less like sophisticated than somebody who's building a bridge and like right, right. i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to build a bridge i wouldn't yeah. want to be you can't have like a c minus civil <laughs> yeah. engineer yeah right exactly so so i i save the engineering term for like 
my resume <laughs> or, right. or like or job postings or whatever. Right. But like, for if you one, weren't married, if you wanted to impress a girl, you'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah. Engineer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so I'm a software developer and I write code that helps other people's code get to what's called per, to get, that gets to the customer. Okay. So, so I help other people like, um, so, so multiple, like many software developers work together on a team and they have to all commit code to one code base. So you have to somehow merge all that code together and you have to test it to make sure it all works together. And so we have to make like tests in, um, sophisticated things to make sure that, Hey, this is, um, like th this is actually going to pass and like make a uh, not not make the customer like unhappy that we pushed new code or whatever. So that's kind of the uh, kind of the I, I guess my the the process of software development. I, I write the infrastructure that undergirds the whole activity of software development. So I know that's like whatever, very very vague, and abstract, and yeah. like it, it's it's only for like for somebody like <laughs> me who talks for a living, it sounds like mind-numbingly boring. It is. No, don't get me wrong. Like the I, I'm in a like I'm in um, my the company I work for is an enterprise software, so it's like it's not it's not Facebook, it's not right. Google or Twitter. It's or solving whatever. real problems. It's, it's not, solving <laughs> not ruining the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's not uh, making people scroll. It's uh, getting people paid or whatever, like, you know, boring shit like that. So. Yeah, yeah, the important <laughs> stuff that the internet actually does. Yeah. yeah. So, so what what is that like working with um, a bunch of tech people? Like you mentioned when we were, when we were finishing dinner yeah. that, um, you know, you went remote long before COVID. This was yeah. like, this was not a new thing for you. Right. That, that workplace dynamic of like, now everybody's working remote. Yeah. And like you said, you might have 8, 10, 20 people working on a project, writing code. It's all got to land together. It's all got to work together. Yeah. And obviously, all of that stuff works in an online ecosystem. Mm -hmm. But like, um, who was it? Uh, Professor Scott Galloway, who I think has a great podcast on technology, business, uh, finance. He's like, dude, he's like, in some ways, ideas have to have sex like they've got to they got to bounce sure. into each other at the workplace mm. you know you solve problems over the uh over the water cooler you, you yell down the aisle hey ben did, did you do that thing they got the thing and mm. how do we land how do we merge yeah. this code like sure. has that made it harder easier everybody being remote like i know for my business where there mm. is a fair amount of human interaction it it has made it more challenging in some ways sure but in the software world since you guys already live in the cloud, I'm right. talking out my ass. Or, or the metaverse. Or the metaverse. Yeah, so you guys live in the metaverse. <laughs> Woo! Right. Um, do, does it make it easier for you, or has there been some? Uh, has there been some like uh, discernible production quality control issues since everybody started working? You know, um, uh, remote. I would think. I, I at the end of the day, it's like an objective thing. It 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 works or it doesn't. Right. And we're writing every the process is the same whether we're in person or we're not or we're remote um the collaboration part yeah maybe there's not like the uh, the uh whatever talking at lunch about whatever problem that we're working on because we all take lunch separately now, right right that but is that such a bad thing i i guess that's the um where it's like is whatever Go, going out to lunch with your coworkers is that like are we 
are like we're reclaiming that time. I don't have to think about like work at lunchtime now. Right. <laughs> so right. I can go work out in my garage gym and uh, lift weights and like I fling kettlebells around and clubs and things like that. So like I have a break from work. So I think it's just a reconfiguration of like when things get thought of or when uh-huh. things get when things get uh, collaborated on. I think making it where it's everyone's kind of sort of by default remote first of course that's changing people are bringing people are going back to the office like whatever things are things are shifting around right now but um i think the um the pandemic made it more like you have to make it more explicit of like hey i'm going to ping um scott and ask him a question i'm not just gonna like lean over the desk and be like, Hey Scott, did you do the thing? And it's yeah. like, you can respond on your own terms. Like if you're in the middle of something, like you don't want to interrupt that train of thought of like yeah. writing your whatever knee deep in code. And you're like, whatever you've got a hundred tabs open and you're trying to figure out a problem. Yeah. Um, you don't want to like disrupt that or else you like lose everything. You lose the context of what you're working on. Um, so like, I think remote, at least for software development, uh, developers, engineers, whatever you want to call them. I think that's better because we need like longer periods of focused work. Whereas if like you're a PM, so product manager, people who like the, the talking people yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the, that's of my the, job of the software world. Exactly. People who, who the, the people, people, um, they, they collaborate together. They Otherwise think known the, as the real humans. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're the ones who like probably thrive more in an office environment. They, they, they're like, Oh yeah, let's like, whatever, talk about this or like, let's, uh, have lunch over that or whatever. So yeah, bounce ideas off the new sales technique or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So so I think it, it works like differently for different people. And I don't know, I'm the, I'm of the opinion of people should just do what's best for them or like, yeah. but of course companies are like, Oh no, everyone has to be in the office. We paid a bunch of money for these buildings and like we, we need butts and seats. Right. Can you imagine spending whatever God awful amount of money they spent in San Francisco, you know, a billion dollars or some craziness, $500 million for a giant Facebook campus. Um, yeah. I gotta, I gotta be very careful what I say here. Um, I have a, a a friend who works on the Facebook campus uh-huh. in a we'll just say an affiliated services job. Okay. And for what she does, the pay was <laughs> absurd. Yeah. Uh-huh. The budget was absurd. Yeah. The fringe benefit that they offered was absurd. Sure. And she's like, I I, I don't understand how if the entire world was spending their entire ad budget on Facebook, uh-huh. she's like, I don't get how we could like debt service this place. Mm. It's just, it's an unfathomable amount of money. Sure. And a lot of that has gone away now, but can you imagine spending the money on that? And then mm, like eight months later, they're like, everybody go home for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Oh God, just as like the corporate CFO, I'd be like, what a shit ton waste of money. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I still want to like, conceptualizes in my head because when you sure. say software engineer developer whatever yeah. programmer I, yeah. don't know what, yeah. I think of like the matrix right you go into this black screen and you're typing like one two two one uh, two two yeah. like is that still what writing code means or is it more visually appealing now where it's like you're like you said you're pulling from a hundred tabs and you're kind of yeah. creating this mosaic of something um yeah so there's like 
at some point, it's all ones and zero, quote unquote ones and zeros. Oh yeah, but, ones and zeros. One, not one, two. Yeah. See, it's not in your name. <laughs> yeah. Ones and zeros. Duh. At, uh, at, at some point, it all like the to the computer. It's it's voltages like to get super like whatever nerd technical like yes. It, it's it's at the it's electrons like popping in and out of existence and whatever like the uh, along the wire of whatever it I, I i did computer engineering as an undergrad so i know i am aware of the hardware stuff but i don't use any of it so right. i was like it was an entire like half of my degree that like i suffered needlessly for right right <laughs> so, all right so I, every computer runs on base ones and zeros yeah and then so, but when it gets to you what are you working on i i'm we work in like uh, programming languages, high, okay. high level programming languages. So it's, it's in English, which okay. is kind of interesting that like, yeah, there, there aren't like different programming languages for like different language for different, like human languages. It's all programming languages, all in English. So if you're in Pakistan and you want yeah. to create an app for Apple, all the programming is in English. Yeah. All the keywords are like if else, uh, while for like, yeah. the, like it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And all the documentation, I, I am sure they translate it or whatever, but yeah. like all the key programming elements are in English. Well, so that's the first mover advantage it, of the right, U.S. Right, exactly. Like right. Get it into tech first, right exactly. on, man. Yeah. So um, go America. Yeah. So there, there is like a quote unquote like no code movement, like that hasn't re like reached us yet, but it's good for like um, people who want to like. Uh, prototype stuff and poor like business people who have certain requirements is like okay let me just try to slap something together yeah and, like see if somebody will would want to buy this um but it's not a a major um it's not a major like quote-unquote language in, in use by like major corporations it's, when you say language is that like is html a language yeah Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, there you go. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, HTML is a language. It, uh, so, what? Man, I want a picture. I want to. I want to picture what you do all day. Like, do you take a little bit from over here and a yeah. little bit from over there, it's, and then you write lines and lines and lines? The, yeah. The uh, the interesting thing, like the when in college we, I, they shortened us like so computer engineering. They shortened it to CPE for whatever reason. I don't know how you get CPE from that, but we. Uh, called it copy paste engineer. So we look up code online and it's like you have to know the specific pieces of code that you need, but you copy paste it and you like finesse it, you like massage it into what you need. So it's you rarely write like whatever, unless you're doing something completely new, something com that nobody else has ever done before, which is very rare. Right. You're, you're likely re-implementing re or redoing something that somebody else has already done before um you're going to yeah like use the internet for inspiration yeah so um yeah I, if when i'm knee deep in something i have zillions of tabs open i'm trying to figure out like okay how do i make this thing work yeah so like if i wanted you know this system to query this system to create this document mm -hmm. to show up in a visually appealing presentation for the end user yeah. somebody's probably already written that code yep. it's just your job to source this piece and this piece and this piece and then put your company's logo in there and maybe your wireframe and like you're you're really um I, i'm thinking of that movie inception where you're kind of like the architect it's like sure. everybody knows what the building looks like yep. everybody knows what the cars look like you just got to merge them into a mosaic that that works yep that that's roughly yeah 
what programming is. What's the biggest thing you fucked up? Oof. Uh, as an intern, I d- delayed. <laughs> uh, like, I, I made some sort of, like, I, I wasn't aware of, like, our release process or whatever. Um, so, like, I made a change that broke something. And then, like, I got pulled into a room with the VP and then, like, the, the QA manager or whatever. And then I was like, shit, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, <laughs> and then they were like, okay, like let's undo it. And then like, let's whatever, do it, whatever, unblock the, the release. So I was like, as an intern, I got exposed to like, oh, so this is how the pipeline works. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware that this is like how all the code has to like come together to work all together. I thought I was just making a small change in a place that didn't really matter or whatever but like it went up to the vp and it's like hey look we're this is serious business so we need we're we're stopping this it's blocking the the release of our our app to the app store so oh i was like yeah that's a big one <clears throat> yeah but i i still work for that company so okay it's, it's all good positive, <laughs> positive. Yeah, yeah um yeah when i when i think of super tech nerd computer engineering background and combat sports like speaking of Venn diagram, uh-huh. the Venn diagram has to be pretty small on people that are like coding bots, yeah, and then also want to beat the shit out of people in mixed martial arts. It's it's small but non-zero. The, yes. There's like we have whatever we have a jujitsu Slack channel in, in our uh, our uh, work Slack, and uh, are you there, the best? Can you beat up all your coworkers? I, I I may I may be the most successful competitor there. So. Nice. Um, does, at least does that feel good to be at like the office Christmas party <laughs> and just know you can kick everyone's ass? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't need to kick anybody's ass. Right? That's true. That's, that's true. true. Right. So we don't live in that We're, world. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. The, I, but for me, it's like, I see it as the same thing now after doing both for like, I've done jujitsu for 10 years. I've, I've been a professional developer for eight. So like I've d- been doing jujitsu longer than I've like been gainfully employed in doing software development. Um, I view it as the same thing because it's, it's all learning. It's all like, I mean, everything we do is learning, right? Like we right. learn to like, you guys set up this podcast too. You had to learn all the different, like, ins and I didn't have to learn like, shit. That's why I have Chris. <laughs> right. Shout out to Chris yeah, who sure. learns everything. Right. I uh, actually pay Chris every month uh-huh. and every month when I pay him, I'm never frustrated because I'm like, wow, he, yeah, he had to teach himself something and learn something that I just didn't want to learn. Right. So I have like, I have a de facto GPT <laughs> chat yeah, over there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I no, just want to no, give no, a shout out to Chris. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like the same thing and program, like it's a software and hardware. So for, for both, like you're, you're running software on hardware and, uh, for programming, it's like you have to be aware of, okay, where is this software going to be running? Is it going to be running on your phone? Is it going to be running on a big server in the cloud? Is it going to be running on your watch, like with a very limited uh, computing constraints? Same thing with jujitsu. It's like, okay, are you, uh, you, Scott, going to uh, try to do Jordan's rubber guard? yourself no unlikely right like you're i'm old and my <laughs> hips don't work like that yeah yeah your your hardware constraint does not allow like you can understand the rubber guard you can understand uh what it looks like and what you can try to do with it but that software isn't going to run on your hardware right right so um i view it as like the process behind both and problem solving behind both are like the same thing right you're if you're stuck in a position it's like okay you have to 
analyze, okay, what, what are all my limbs doing? Um, if I'm stuck on a line of code, okay, what is all the code around it doing? And you have to kind of go step by step, line by line, um, and really deeply understand what's going on. And I think the process of doing that and the, like being kind of lost in the sauce of like, you, you have to kind of hit like bedrock, like there, there's objective truth to be had in, in whatever you're doing. So it either works or it doesn't. So understanding every single step along the way is rewarding to me. That's awesome, man. I, I would have never made the correlation, but the way you described it, it made sense, right? It's yeah. like, it's just all unique problem solving. Yeah. So because you play in this space and I, I haven't uh, interviewed anybody intelligent enough to talk about this. Sure. Um, chat GPT, sure. right? Like yeah. this, this, this basically plethora of knowledge from spoken language programmed into AI, which I think uh, that term gets used way too much. Sure. So chat B G chat chat GPT, which I've played with a lot. Mm -hmm. Is it a novel toy that will wear off? Is it a groundbreaking technology or is it in, oh shit, half of the people in your profession and three quarters of the people in my profession are going to be unemployed in 24 months? Um, I think it's so, somewhere in the middle of all that. Okay. It's, it's so explain it's, to people what chat sure. GPT is sure. for the idiots out there like me. <laughs> sure. It's a, um, uh, program where like it's a website you can go you have to sign up and you just ask it a question like okay write you, you can ask it hey write um what what i when i played around with it i asked it um what are the whatever principles of jujitsu and it gave me like oh jujitsu you or what what are the benefits of uh it was like okay how can jujitsu relate to software development i think it was yeah that that specific one it was like oh you have to be flexible so you have to adapt to your opponent or whatever so you have to be adaptable and like writing code or something like that and it's able to take these um abstract concepts and like create its own like basically like five paragraph essay on whatever you ask it to yeah um in like two <clears throat> seconds yeah yeah it's, so it's, annoying it's crazy so like for certain professions like um like writing ad copy or whatever that that's probably going to get automated away by yeah. people who are by uh, companies that specialize in like take chat take chat gpt add their own like flavoring on it and then run it as a service I, I can see that like being a real problem for people who are copywriters um <clears throat> not so much for developers because like like i said at the end of the like at the end of the day we have to get all the code to work and I already have like a hundred tabs open from code from all over the internet, um, trying to like spice it all together. So chat GPT, like that can spit out something that could spit out an answer with like, maybe it's spliced from like 10 different tabs from the internet. Uh, I still have to, as the developer understand where that goes and what, what it purpose it serves. Um, so, I don't think I'm on the chopping block just yet, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm sure like we're, we're at version one of this thing. Yeah. Right? On like, a long enough timeline, yeah. we're all on the chopping block. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I just wonder if, I wonder if there will be a future and I've got a friend, John Berghoff, shout out to John Berghoff. He's been a mentor of mine for about eight years. He did a Ted talk on, um, because information has basically been democratized. I'm, I'm guessing 
any code, like you have a special set of skills to merge code. Sure. But I'm guessing any code that you're searching is probably publicly sourced, right? Yeah. Like, like, like it's all open source. Yep. Um, so his thesis, and this is going back to a TED talk he gave like five years ago. Mm. His thesis was intelligence in the future will be um, determined by how intelligently you can ask questions sure. versus your knowledge base because now all knowledge has basically been democratized thanks right. to Google. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering, is there a future, and I know this is hard to kind of pontificate on your own demise, sure. but is there a future where somebody who could ask better questions could take your job, right? If, if somebody could say, hey, um, chat GPT, knock me out some code that merges the best graphics of Guns N' Roses uh -huh. with a current database in a system like Basecamp to create a fan page similar to the Pearl Jam experience and make it all work so that the end result is a consumer can buy a you know, appetite for destruction record for $7 and 99 cents. Right. Like, yeah. Could there be a future where asking really good succinct questions, it could spit out the code and then you're like, that's it. That I mean, people are doing that with like the, um, the graphics ones where it's like the, <clears throat> I forget what the, the graphic, um, AI is, but like people are like making these like crazy hyper detailed, um, like profile pictures or, or like, um, I think, uh, oh, fuck, I forget. Gio, Gio Martinez, he's doing like a Pokemon themed like Instagram page where he's like, um, it's AI generated like Pokemon. So <clears throat> I think there's a world where, yeah, getting detailed enough, um, it, it, it's, it's a different way of coding, right? Like right. asking questions, it's a, it's a higher, more abstract way of coding. Um, interesting and it's like now it's in english language proper and you can say like you already say like hey the um whatchamacallit uh you already say the well, well like chat, chat gpt as it is like you can say hey write me whatever five paragraph essay on uh whatever topic and it spits it out and students are going to use it to, to cheat on their final exams and like turn it in and, and it's it's not on um whatever it's not plagiarized because it's right. technically like new net new so i can see in the future um like there's going to be like a ecosystem of these ais it's not just going to be one <laughs> chat gpt or whatever it's going to be a lot of different companies with very hyper specialized AIs. So it's yeah. going to be one that's going to be highly tuned towards um, healthcare that is going to replace doctors. Right. It's going to be highly tuned. There's going to be another one highly tuned to uh, for graphic design for all your logos are going to just get, come spit out of this, this AI or, and then in the future that like a human designed logo is going to cost even more because that's like, whatever it's oh it's handcrafted it's, yeah. it's it's not going to come from an ai that you whatever can uh, you, you whatever the cost is it's going to be like a dollar per logo or something like that right <clears throat> a handcrafted logo is going to be like a whatever a, like a, 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 no, a novelty or piece of art kind of thing yeah, yeah. you know it's so. funny um chris obviously our, our sound engineer fact checker marketer at all his dad experienced this because his dad's mm -hmm. an architectural renderer. Uh -huh. So you would bring him 
your blueprints for your building yeah and he would draw the beautiful coming soon building mm, you know okay and um and probably let's see i was probably a preteen or a teenager um he had a major shift in his business because cad 7.0 or whatever right, came yeah. out where uh -huh. it's like well it had the architectural rendering because that's what chad does or mm -hmm. uh, cad does yeah. and then they just basically created an overlay where it would then make the pretty end right. building yeah and it was so much cheaper and more efficient right and i remember for a while chris's dad uh shout out to bob de rosa um was doing a lot of work for like india and indonesia because they still kind of wanted that hand-drawn field mm -hmm. and they didn't want all the trees to look generic and kind yeah. of monotone like computers sure um and, well, it, and he also found a niche in like high-end housing where they wanted the artisanness of somebody who hand drew yeah. Yeah, so probably 50, 70, 80% of the Bob DeRoses of the world became unemployed sure. because CAD knocked him out. Right. But there was that niche for like specialty pieces of art, which is basically what he draws. And they're just, right. they're beautiful. They're, yeah. they're absolutely fascinating to go through his portfolio. Um, it's, <laughs> it's interesting because I was thinking when you said there'll be like an AI specific for... Um, uh, for for healthcare, yeah. I think of stuff like, I've had high cholesterol since I was like 22. Uh -huh. Like my... My cardiologist is like, hey, man, your family definitely has some factors working against it and like your your lifestyle and your health and smoking or drinking or eating too much or whatever. But if you and your dad tried to F up your heart this much by this age, you, you couldn't do it, right? So it's like you <laughs> yeah. have some genetics working against you. Sure. But I, I could see a time in the future where it's like I go to my kitchen, I you know prick my blood, I put it into the little live scanner, yeah. and then some AI reads my reads my blood results mm -hmm. and just says, okay, we're going to adjust your cholesterol medicine. Oh, you're a little pre-diabetic. Let's start doing this to your food, which right. will then order directly from Amazon Prime. For like sure. I don't think we're that far away from us not needing a whole lot of human expertise in our life. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because then what happens to all the jobs? It, it it all depends on your political persuasion. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 let's get into it. I, I I was listening to your political podcast. I was like, ooh, am I? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get it? I'm open okay. to talking to everybody. Okay, yeah. Well, in yeah, I mean, let let's just say it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. And what we're imagining here is like the end of capitalism. It's like, oh, who? What are what are the people going to do? Right. The, our presupposition is people need to have jobs to, yes. to do something. I was like, okay, what What if we just like live on the excess of the what the AI produces or whatever, right? Like, why why can't we just take care of everyone? So I don't know. I I'm I'm a little lefty and like yeah. I, I'm like maybe that's the techie in me, like whatever. Come like wanting to uh, save everyone and whatever. Yeah. Get, get, give everyone every like make sure everyone has health insurance or whatever. But I'm like, hey, look, like technology has given us like excess and it's, For sure. and it's concentrated towards the top. And the people who have like created these inventions, the may or may not have like reaped the benefits of this. So like the whatever, the frontline workers who use the technology day in and day out, maybe they... Um, yeah, they don't benefit as much as the owners of the technology. So, anyways, I, I don't want to like derail this or no, I'm but, but, anything. But, but it's but it's yeah, the future is yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, okay, what what do people do? Maybe they just enjoy being human. <laughs> Maybe they just yeah. enjoy like I know it's whatever. We we just came through for 
through like whatever this is January. So, uh, almost three years of COVID where like government's heavily involved in every aspect of our life or whatever. And that they kind of fucked up and like, there, there's a lot of things that could have gone better with that. Yeah. But what if we had an AI government <laughs> and maybe that it that couldn't be any worse. Right. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, seriously, like what if there was, I mean, we're getting into some real brave new world shit in sure. 1984 yeah. and or is there any movie where there's like technology makes everything net better? I'm trying to think like we're we're really good in Hollywood and like our own psyche and our own imagination of catastrophizing. Yeah. So it's like I can think of everything going back to Soylent Green yeah. and like all these crazy movies that just like, all right, technology gets to this point and then it ruins humanity. It ruins governments. It would be interesting to write a screenplay like, hey, chat GPT, uh, write a screenplay where having an artificial intelligence controlled government uh, actually does end up in some type of utopia in right. instead of some type of post-apocalyptic shit show. Exactly. Um, right. But yeah, at this point, man, I'm so like <laughs> disenfranchised with Democrats and Republicans. Like uh, there's a good chance in about eight months we're going to get Trump versus Biden again. Right. 380 yeah. <laughs> million people, and these are the two best fuckers we can come up with? Exactly. Like, yeah, really? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like, I don't even care yeah, what your terrible. political yeah. persuasion is. Right. Yeah. There's nobody. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's putting a brand new Biden sticker on their car, <laughs> and I don't know a whole lot of people that are putting a Trump sticker on their car, and I'm just like, these are the best two we've got? I'm exactly. just like, oh, God. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, but before that, we get Florida man versus Florida man. Florida man. Yeah, chat GPT <laughs> for president. I'm going to get a... Yeah. Hey, Chris, can you get some bumper stickers made right now? Chat GPT for, for president, because that seems like a damn good alternative right now. Right. Yeah. Just ask chat GPT, hey, what's what should be the policy for for all these things? And but that that's also like a very like, I mean, it depends who makes the technology too. like. Yeah. That, isn't that dangerous? Because what if like right. the communist Chinese party owns chat GPT or TikTok? Or TikTok, yeah, or TikTok, yeah. Right. I, I won't go. I won't. Once I learned about who owns TikTok and what they're doing and scanning your phone and shit, I yeah. like. I don't even think that's in the realm of conspiracy theory anymore. Sure. That's a real thing. Like I won't go on TikTok anymore. Sure. I, if you heard about on the edge podcast via TikTok, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, if you heard about uh, on the edge podcast on TikTok, that's on Chris's phone, uh -huh. not Scott's <laughs> phone. So any, anybody sending inappropriate pictures to the uh, on the edge podcast TikTok, they're going straight. Which to Chris. they are. They are, oh man, maybe I need to get on TikTok now. Yeah, no, right. I'm missing out on all my good fans. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but but all joking aside, like, um, you know, this has been going on since the beginning of time. You know, it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do with all the people that make buggy whips or candles yeah, or, exactly. you know, uh, right. wood hut houses or, what yeah. you know, whatever. Like uh -huh. technology is always displacing people and it's moving people along, hopefully up a scale from, you know, manufacturing and, and, and digging in coal mines and whatnot. Hopefully it's moving them up the scale, uh, in jobs of, you know, service providers. Hopefully. Sure. Yeah. My concern is having recently listened to a podcast on Joe Rogan about where they get all the cobalt mm, for all yeah. of the technology that mm -hmm. we enjoy. Yep. My concern is we've <laughs> just outsourced all that disgustingly dirty, you know, inhumane work. Yeah. Um, and we're just really rich and happy and fat here in America. Welcome to capitalism. Welcome to capitalism. But like, <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, I can't remember 
I'm going to butcher the quote. Somebody had said like capitalism is the worst system except for all of the other ones. Sure. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what's the alternative? Cause like, I kind of liked Andrew Yang, yeah. but then the more I read about like the potential outcomes of universal, universal basic income, I'm like, uh, I don't think we have a lot of evidence that with like welfare on unemployment benefits that help that works long-term. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I appreciate other people's um, opinions, especially yeah. intelligent people who can beat me up like you. Uh, so wh what, yeah. do you, what do you think the future might hold? Or what do you think yeah. might be a good utopia thing to aim towards? Right. And I I don't, I'm honestly like, I don't do enough of my like <clears throat> own political reading or whatever. Like I have smart friends who I right. talk to and I'm like, I'm informed kind of peripherally by them. And they're, I have a lot of lefty friends. I have a lot of right friends. And I'm like, I, I try to listen to uh, everywhere. It's yeah. like, I try to get all kinds of different perspectives. And by the way, and all joking aside, if you yeah. have some like very intelligent or opinionated lefty friends, I'd yeah. love to have them in. Cause yeah. like in 120 podcasts, uh -huh. I've been able to find two registered uh -huh. Democrats who are willing to like have an open conversation about it. Right. So um, sure. feel free to make any okay. introductions. But, okay. yeah, so sure. you're, you're peripheral yeah. periphery. Yeah. I can't say that so, word. I'm a moron. Right. So it's just like the, just the idea of what, what kind of the, what they've exposed me to is like history is written by the victors. Right. Of course. So like us, we're the biggest, baddest. Um, we've written all of our own history and kind of how the, how everything the the world is structured around like the u.s dollar and like what what is the u.s dollar kind of like um what what, what does that entail is like okay like what is that supported by it, it's 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 paper right it's right it, it's not Total it's, it, it's not it's not gold backed or anything like that okay it's it's um it's a nuclear powered currency right like we we're we're it's by threat of like Hey, we're going to go, it sounds, sounds like Iraq needs some freedom. Like we right, need to, we need right. to go and like deliver some freedom to somewhere in the middle East for oil or, um, where, wherever those cobalt mines are. Right. sounds like they need some freedom. We, right. we're like, it's a very natural resource, like driven. So just kind of the, 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 the enlightening thing is like <clears throat> U S isn't like a universal force for good is like the, um, that we've done like shitty things and continue to do shitty things in order to kind of monopolize our grab our hands on resources that right. are available in everywhere else in the world. And like we, we manipulate our position at the top to like extract all those resources and then just pay all those, um, third world countries in us dollars. Yeah. And they're, they're now, their debt is in U.S. dollars. And they can't they can't print their own currency to inflate away that debt. Now it's all like U.S. centric. So, um, yeah, like that that is just kind of like it's whatever. Um, uh, I think the term is like colon like U.S. imperialism is like yeah. there, there there's a like there's an order a an order to the world that the U.S. is always at the top and we exploit people everywhere. Like yeah. Be, uh, kids in China making uh, in Foxconn, making iPhones or whatever. Right. Like right. That, that's there. There's, we export all of the, the, the dirty, nasty, like no good work, like to countries who are not, um, who are like more laissez faire and just like, don't, 
don't particularly care. They just want to have that business or whatever. Right, right. So, um, yeah. But what does that mean in terms of like robots taking over the future and things like that? Um, I think we just need to like figure out a way to move, either modify capitalism or modify what whatever whatever experiment we're running like what, whatever like messed up system we have right now how yeah. do we how do we it's like, not it's not right. like pure capitalism we right. have this yeah. weird yeah through this weird socialistic crony capitalist very government involved it's like it, it, it we have a bastardized system yeah, of like exactly. three different things yeah exactly how do how do we either like the the, the divide between like for 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 lefties like like the the what what the right calls leftists in government like AOC and um whatever th- those aren't even like the lefty lefties like there's right. people to the left of AOC the there's there, there's like super lefty people so i'm like okay like now, w- once you understand how f- like far the spectrum is it's like okay this is like you like AOC still supports the like the US government as as a thing and versus like lefty lefty lefties like want like revolution and like whatever just right. like a, a a a stop to whatever US imperialism or whatever but it's i think it's like just mind expanding to like considering all these points and then okay like how do we we're not going to make a system that makes everyone happy, but how do we like not exploit the people how do we not, um, how do we like hurt people the least? I guess right. maybe that should be the fundamental assumption is like, yeah, is like for doctors, it's like, do no harm for right. first, like whatever the, um, um, I, I forget what the, the term is, the, the uh, Hippocratic, Hippoc- Oath. Hippocratic Oaths. Yeah. First rule do, do no harm. So, okay. Like what, what does that mean? Like yeah. in, in an AI futuristic society, maybe everyone has food. Maybe everyone has water. Maybe like, like what, how do we ensure everyone's needs are met and like ensure people don't like die of like easily preventable things. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a fully like fleshed out thing of this, but it's like, let, let's like at least attempt to take care of people. <laughs> no, I, I like that. And, um, you were making me think of the, uh, the Google, um, the Google mantra or their, whatever their founding thing, which don't is, be evil, don't yeah. be evil. And yeah. then they got rid of that. Right. And I was like, <laughs> how do you like, okay, I get Wait, it. If you, if you want to modify and add yeah. on to it, like uh-huh. don't be evil and be a force for world change to world uh-huh. equality. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Uh-huh. But how the fuck do you get rid of don't be evil? Right. Like <laughs> that's like order 66. Yeah, the, exactly. you know, it's right? not, it's not, uh-huh. it's not good. Like yeah. the, the, you can't get rid of don't be evil. So right. I don't know. That's yeah. People can Google that the whole, uh, Google don't be evil got taken out of the company. Um, yeah. Strangest thing ever. No, I, I I get that. Like the idea of like, we want to live in a good place. Right. And we don't want to have this, um, this, uh, I don't know if it's the tragedy, the commons. I'm trying to think of what the correct terminology is, but, mm-hmm. but we don't, we don't want to live in a place where I've got to drive by a guy who's clearly suffering and legitimately dying on the streets. Yeah. The problem is I don't know what percentage of those people who are dying on the streets got there because of the inequities of the system and mm-hmm. because of hard luck and bad breaks and things that are easily solvable mm-hmm. and how many of them got there because 
no matter what system we could create, they would have chosen to be a drug addict and ended up on the streets with no friends and no backup plan and no money and a, and a ridiculous addiction. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and this, this is actually a really hard thing for me to square in my head um, because as more states are coming online with making more and more drugs legal, mm -hmm. it's this really weird like tension in my soul where I'm like, hey, the libertarian in me says, yeah, make all the drugs legal because it's your body, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. And I strongly believe unfettered access to drugs in a society are a net negative. Mm. So it's like, I, I do believe, you know, kids that start vaping early, turn into drinkers, maybe turn into potheads yeah. are, are less successful in their life. And I'm not saying this is every pothead turns into a crack addict, but some progression of sure. vapors to drinkers, to marijuana, to crack, to fentanyl are the, fucking people that are having complete breaks with mental reality sure. and wandering around the streets, stabbing Halloween direction uh, decorations with a screwdriver. Like there, sure. there is, there is some progression. So it's like, it's really hard for me where I'm just like, yeah, make it all legal, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I think that's a net negative on society. Just like probably prostitution, like on the, on a libertarian side, I'm like, yeah, man, some, some guy or gal wants to sell their body. Great. Go for it. Yeah. And I can't square that in my mind because I know from some volunteer work that my friends have done and some charities I've donated from, so much of that sex work comes with child uh, uh, child trafficking, human trafficking, child pornography, you know, uh, uh, child hostage taking oh, to shit. make yeah. single mothers do horrific things. So it's like, oh. I can't square in my mind that like, well, that should be legal if we lived in this libertarian utopia, but it's like, I also know what the underpinnings are mm -hmm. and maybe those go away if it becomes legal, but it's like, I, I don't know. I guess two things can be true at the same time. I think on a political spectrum, some things should be legal that are also a net negative for society. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I don't know how to square that in my brain. Yeah. No, it's, I haven't it, read the code yet. It sucks, right? Yeah. We can't just compile and just check if it's, if it's good or not. Like it's not... Uh, and yeah, that, that's actually kind of sidebars. Like people are trying to make like code in, uh, figure out, okay, how do we make laws as code? Like lo legal, like English is its own like language, right? Like it's, right. it's distinct from like us talking like, it's, right. uh, hitherto, therefore, yeah. whatever. And uh, so how yeah, when we, have you we, ever used the term hence thou? Hence, yeah. right? I mean, give me a break. Henceforth. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, it's like, how do we, it, it's trying to make like an imperfect world, like clarify it to the degree that it's in, that it is objective. Like we're, we're trying to make like whenever you have like a legal dispute or whatever, like I've had, I've had a, uh, I've been a tenant. I've like, whatever my landlord has like uh, took my security deposit or whatever. And I was like, ah, no, I'm going to need that back. Um, like it's two humans, like having a disagreement, bumping into each other and having a disagreement. And like the basis of society is just humans living together and bumping into each other and figuring how it all works. So I don't know. I'm just like, it's it sucks to like yeah we we have this like seem, seemingly worst of all worlds system right where we we do a little bit here and a little bit there um based on like who's in office or who, for someone to get into office they promise these things and then 
like everybody like it flip flops and like the pendulum swings and whatever. Um, and people are just anti whoever and right. like people are just voting to for the opposite of that or yeah. people are voting for um to for the other guy to not be in office right yeah so yeah it sucks it's like we we aren't going to live in a utopia yeah so how do we like um how do we make a more perfect system out of like imper- imperfect people and an imperfect yeah society of like there, there's the, people are going to start off with bad breaks like yeah. there, there's no doubt about it and that that's kind of like yeah how do i make because I, I i don't know i feel some amount of like guilt because i had a great childhood i was right. like i my parents could not have done better and i'm like okay how do i replicate my childhood for everyone else it's like what what are the what are the things that we can do as a society to like help whatever G- give everyone else the same chance that I had the yeah. same, same like um, resources or opportunities and um, I don't know, ju- just ways to succeed. And, but maybe people aren't it, like, like you said, like given all the possible options, people are, are always going to, there's always going to be some percentage who pick the worst ones. Right. So, you know, it's funny you said that because I've got a friend, Joe. He'll know who he is. Shout out to Joe if he's watching or listening. Uh, actually, Chris, you should make this into a clip, a clip because I don't know how much of the podcast he watched. So shout out to Joe. Uh, my buddy Joe, uh, probably in his mm, late 50s, early 60s now, very like, he's just a very pragmatic guy. He's he's a lefty, but he's somebody who I can talk to for hours because yeah. I, I, I love his intellect. You know, he grew up kind of like working class, kind of Reagan Republican, mm-hmm probably went far left. Now he's coming back a little bit more to the center. Mm. And like, he's like taking it upon himself to hire a tutor and read like the classics and philosophy so he can think more deeply about what he thinks. I love the guy. Shout out Joe. Um, And he said something to the effect of, and again, I'm going to butcher another quote, but he said something to the effect of like, you know, the older I get, the more I want to convince my right wing, my right wing friends that like, hey man, being born middle class, white, and male in America in the 20th century gave you a certain leg up that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. And I want to convince my lefty friends that that's okay and it's not that guy's fault. So sure. we need to like move on and just try to make everything better. I'm like, man, what a great dynamic to like bring a little bit of common ground and peaceful conversation to the left and the right of like, yeah, man, this is just a fact, right? Right. Like, like I can walk from here to the gym at 10 o'clock at night and not have to be looking over my shoulder for the most part. If like somebody's going to pull me into a dark alley, right. I'm pretty hot, but, um, and, um, I, I shouldn't walk around feeling constantly guilty about that. It's sure. like, these are just some certain realities of our society. So kind of yeah. interesting. Um, you know, when you were talking there and you were saying, this was interesting to me, the dispute over the deposit, right? Yeah. There's been a huge push the last 30 years, like get kids into STEM, science, technology. Uh, what are the other two? Something in mathematics. Engineering. Engineering, mathematics. mathematics. Yeah. So like get kids into STEM, get kids into STEM. But now because of chat GPT, 
that I'm just using as a placeholder for the technology that's emerging. Sure. And let's say there was like a legal arbitration version of chat GPT where it's uh -huh. like, you think you owe your security deposit. I don't think I owe your security deposit. Yeah. So I give my dissertation to an AI and you give your dissertation or de deposition, not dissertation. Yeah. Uh -huh. You give your deposition. I give my deposition. And we've just signed some agreement up front that sure. like legal AI is going to come back and give us the agreement. Yep. It's like, I wonder if I should be talking to my children about, hey, um, you need to focus more on your language skills, your reading comprehension, your understanding of the, cl the classics, maybe speaking multiple languages, because now that we have computers that can do all the STEM for us, mm -hmm. we just need to be able to articulate it better. Yeah. So I wonder if there's like a first mover advantage where like going back to like a classic liberal arts education mm -hmm. where you understand language better and you can articulate articulate yourself better. I wonder if that will be more important than STEM because one day my job, which is basically doing math and putting together um, uh, a mosaic of... Uh, of kind of interchangeable variables to get a loan mm -hmm. and your your tech job of like putting together a mosaic of code, yeah. that will not be nearly as important as be able to describe what we do. Yeah, I mean, that that's totally possible where it's like, I mean, it, it's never like a bad thing to be able to, to talk, to, to be able to clearly talk about yourself or talk about what, what you need. Communication is always key in basically everything, right? Right, so, right. I mean, what we're doing right now. Like right, the, right. I, I'm... I, I'm probably one of the handful of engineers who has a podcast or whatever, right? Like right, right, it's, right. It's not it's not a common thing for techie guys to to want to be able to express themselves or um, be able to express themselves as. I mean, I do an okay job, but it's like to be able to want to work on that yeah. <clears throat> as a skill. Shout outs well, for humans of grappling. Yeah, shout out human grappling podcast. But I also like to write. Like I, I view writing as like a um, a way to like because I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit self conscious of like I want to like edit when I speak. Like right. if, if you guys who are who have lis been listening to this up up until this point, I've like paused and like I'm like trying to like edit in real time and like backspace and whatever. Right. I'm trying I'm trying to like speak as well as I can. But when I sit down on the keyboard and I like write up um, whatever Instagram post and I can convey something deeply meaningful about myself, um, that's like one of the more fulfilling things for me is like, okay, this is who I am and I can like perfectly edit it to like, this is exactly, so I can per like exactly represent what I think and not just like try to use the medium of talking about it, which I feel like. I don't, I'm not as good at talking, so I can't like actually convey the, the message as well as I'd like to. Um, so yeah, like if, yeah, at some point, like if it's just AIs, like we, we just input our, what our desires are into all the different AIs of the world and they return to us like whatever. Okay. Here's your, um, here's your like medication for the day or here's your nutrition for the day or here's your um whatever here's how you like resolve your legal issue um right. be able to yeah like very clearly describe that and clearly describe all the facts and um clearly describe like how you feel or what's going on like that's that's a huge skill like just a, a life skill in itself yeah so Pretty nuts. One of the coolest things that I found on chat GPT where like you could ask an iterative questions. I asked it, I was like, 
I was like, give me 10 keto friendly seafood recipes that uh-huh. would support a 220 pound male mm. getting to under 200 pounds. Oh, wow. And it yeah. listed like all these like keto friendly recipes. And uh-huh. I was like, assuming two. 220 pound males because uh-huh. I was having a buddy come come over for a week yeah. um, are going to cook these 10 meals over the course of 10 days give me a shopping list oh, and wow. it gave me a shopping list for all of them and I was oh, like est- the, the only thing it couldn't do is estimate the price because uh, it was like based on geographical areas and supply chain the price can be right. different blah blah uh, blah, blah blah so yeah. I, I didn't I didn't like that but yeah. um, hey last two questions man I'll let you get sure. out of here because right. uh, I appreciate your time and this has been a blast uh, I'll be working a lot on DPAF um, <laughs> uh, we're recording this at the beginning of 2023 so going into 2023 like what are you most excited about or what's on the radar for Mike of like, Hey, this is what I'm like fired up about this year. Um, I've got, well, East coast trials is in October. So I'm already, I'm targeting that. Yeah. So East coast trials, October, 2023, and then West coast trials, um, is in April, 2024. So yeah, like the, the, this is again, again, it's like the Olympics of grappling. So you have to like target it well, well in advance and like, work your way up to that and right I, of course i'm gonna have like some competitions in between but right that's like the goal is to like win one like if i win east coast trials i don't have to do west coast trials like if you if you win if you get first you punch your ticket uh, to the big show so that that's that's the big thing i'm i'm training for nice nice yeah. um and then uh favorite movie and why favorite movie i really like top gun uh because but also like Top Gun 2 is like Ma- Top Gun Maverick like just came out and i think that's like my generation's Top Gun right <laughs> like right, my, right. my my parents like they're like i i grew up watching Top Gun probably like every other week or something like that cuz my it. my dad loved this loves your that dad movie. and i would get along right <laughs> i'm probably dead yes. center between your age and how old are you uh 31 how old your dad uh 59 okay yeah i'm almost dead center 44 okay, so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, would get, I would get along with your dad too yeah um <laughs> So Top Gun, why? So uh, just because it's like, I don't know, like the main character's Maverick. Right. Like does things a little bit outside the, uh, outside the bounds. And it's, it's, he does it in creative ways to like, it's not just to like throw up a middle finger to the system or anything like that, but he does it because like uh, it's, it's a way to get things done. Yeah. And I, I'm sort of of the similar mind of like, Hey, I just want to get things done. I I don't want to like have to, follow all these procedures and rules and whatever it's like okay i want to deep half somebody the the current meta is like deep half is effective because nobody trains it anymore i'm like okay let me like train this thing and be really good at this thing that let me zig where others people zag and i'm a little bit of a maverick in that where it's like most people are focused on leg locks or um whatever I'm I'm still I'm still focused on wrestling and leg locks all that all that kind of stuff but it's like nobody's really putting time into deep half or X guard or whatever getting underneath people people are more focused on other things so right. I, I want to yeah like try to anticipate what people are are not doing and try to capitalize on that love so, it man yeah love it well hey dude thanks for being on and let's talk later this year after you win east coast trials appreciate that uh, you making it to adcc awesome thank you thank you scott thanks man